Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Welcome to the Your Hair Mentor Podcast, a podcast that takes you on a transformative journey through the world of hairstyling. I'm your host, Crystal, and I'm here to inspire, elevate, and educate hairstylists and hair enthusiasts like you. In each episode, we dive deep into the beauty industry's untold stories, unlocking the secrets to success as we interview hair experts, seasoned professionals, and trailblazers. Get ready for real conversations that will ignite your passion, elevate your skills, and boost your confidence behind the chair. From overcoming limiting beliefs to mastering advanced techniques, our guests share the invaluable wisdom and personal experiences, empowering you to break free from self-doubt and unleash your true potential friend. Whether you're just starting your journey or seeking to elevate your already thriving career, this podcast is your go-to resource for inspiration and education. So grab your favorite beverage, find a comfy spot, and join me as we embark on a journey of self-discovery, growth, and community. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and equipped with the knowledge to make a lasting impact as a hairstylist. Your Hair Mentor is here to uplift you, celebrate your brilliance, and guide you toward the future filled with limitless possibilities. Let's elevate the hairstyling industry together, friends. You have the power to shine, the power to transform lives, and the power to make a difference behind the chair. Keep believing in yourself because together we are the future of the beauty industry.
Welcome back, friend, for another episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast, where I'm your host and hair mentor, Crystal Green. Howdy, howdy. How we doing? It's officially summer now. Holy smokes, my kids are out of school, although the weather gods are playing tricks on us here in Reno, Nevada. Let me tell you, it has been thunderstorming every single day day. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm pretty sure the weather gods are in the wrong part of the country because this is the high desert. We're supposed to be like hot already. I don't know. I'm not loving that part. Although it's beautiful and green, I'm ready to like go to the lake, have pool days. Anyway, I guess I'll just have to deal with what's here and what's happening now, but I am here for you with another episode of the podcast where we're going to talk about something a little less sexy than normal, but still very important. We're talking about finances. I know everyone's like, bleh, but I brought you someone today that is really easy to listen to, very charismatic and cares specifically about beauty professionals and their financial futures, really. And so I'm going to introduce you today to my friend, Brett Fellows, who um, has some great tips to share with you on how to get started with financial planning and what that even is and what it looks like. And so I'm just going to let Brett tell his story better than me reciting it all here for you. But um, let's jump into the episode with Brett Fellows. Thank you're always you. so happy <laughs> by default right <laughs> that's a good thing that's a yeah. good thing it's funny my uh my husband he's not a pessimist i won't say that but uh he's like my yin to the yang right like i'm the okay. forever optimist and he's like the logical thinker and the planner and i'm like yeah. everything's just great and fine <laughs> so we balance each other out perfectly <laughs> that's good yeah you do need both yeah you do need both. 100%. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Brett, thank you so much for being here on the Your Hair Mentor podcast. I'm happy to have you today. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yay. Will you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you're doing and where are you at? Uh, sure. Well, as you know, I'm a certified financial planner and there's not a lot of certified financial planners in your industry, which is how you and I met. Um, long story short, we are in Charleston, South Carolina, and we've predominantly worked as an advisory practice with small business owners. Um, we hit a ceiling of capacity, if you will, uh, meaning we can't really take on many more clients, but if we do take on more clients, my thought process is I wanna streamline it. So just like any other industry, I want the behind the stage to be as easy as possible. Uh, so in light of that, I said, well, who's my ideal client and did some research and psychographics and demographics. And at the end of the day, it is uh, my client, Angie, and she is a hair salon owner. Um, her salon does you know, about a million and a half. She is fully funding her retirement plan. It's a commission salon. She has about 15 employees. We work with all the employees. Um, she, we set it up so she bought her building. Now she's paying herself rent to the building. And then also she's creating this succession plan where she's going to sell the business to her number one stylist and the manager. Um, and so I just love that whole maturation of, um, you know, from way back when, when she started all the way to the point where she actually sells it. And then we have retirement distribution. So we're talking about a 25 year thing here. 
Uh, I, and I just love her. And she is does everything I I say. And she just says, I, I want to delegate this. I don't want to, and I don't want to do the heavy lifting. You do it, Brett, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Um, and there's also a little introspective there. Uh, reason why I think I'm attracted to that so much is that a child of the seventies, not uncommon divorce. Uh, and I just, I have this, I've always had this need of kind of nurturing women. And I don't know if this is because of my mother from the divorce. I know it sounds creepy when I say it, but <laughs> I don't know, but I've always been kind of drawn to that. And so just putting all of those together, I said, and I then looked at the beauty industry, specifically the salon industry. And, you know, there's not a lot of people talking about money and I, there's things, some things about mindset and money and they're awesome, but, and there are a few accountants that I know, you know, and I know that are talking about it, but still it's just this open space. And there, at the end of the day, there's so many um, people in the industry and there are maybe a handful of people talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so that was shocking. And um, so then uh, in January of this year, I said, well, I'm going to dive into this market and see what, you know, if I can make more Angie's of my world in my life moving forward. Uh, and so we started Unchained from the Chair podcast and a separate website called brettkfellows.com. Um, and really since then, I've just been reaching out to people like you. That's how you and I met. Um, I've had maybe 50 conversations of biz educators, salon todays, coaches, of just, you know, what does this industry need? Um, where can I add value? And, um, you know, I don't want to recreate the wheel. I just want to try to collaborate with those of people like you, Crystal, who are already out there doing it, um, just to, you know, have a bigger impact, a bigger footprint. And so yeah. ultimately now, again, is simply I'm trying to do education um, things for, and just to build up from there for this industry. And that's that, fantastic. That led me today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think back to when I got busy as a hairstylist, when I had finally moved, I started as a um, paid by the hour employee somewhere. And yeah. then I moved into an independent contractor role, right? Where I was a booth renter in a salon. And a couple years into that, I was making really good money. I mean, this is mm -hmm. back in 2005 okay. and I was making almost six figures and yeah. didn't save a lick of it. And it was yeah. just like, I felt like this baller, you know, I was like single, no kids. <laughs> I had roommates and I was like, just, you know, having fun. So, really. so I, I just didn't know what to do with it. And there was no guidance anywhere. The only person in my life that knew anything about anything was like my friend's mom that was a bookkeeper. Right. And all she did was help me kind of put together my taxes and that was it. And there was no other conversation about, so Crystal, <laughs> while you're making this money, what could it do for you? Or like, you know, yeah. think 20 years down the road when you want to retire, you know, that just wasn't even on my mind. And I think how wonderful would that have been to have someone out there, some voice of reason speaking to me specifically, right? Because, you know, these, a lot of the times hairstylists are like creatives and like that kind of stuff is almost like, it's not, it's boring, right? It's boring. It's not sexy. Yeah. Um, and so we tend to shy away from it or it's confusing sure. and kind of overwhelming. And so we don't even know what to ask and how to ask it. Right. And so maybe I thought in the back of my head that I needed to figure out what to do with my money, but I had no idea where to yeah. look or what to yeah. do. So, so I definitely see the need. Oh, you know, um, <laughs> I married my husband who, 
He's, uh, he was raised Jewish, right? We joke mm-hmm. around that he's like Jew-ish. And so I'm yeah. always telling him he's like good with his Jew gold, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so he's, he's like my, my logical thinker. Uh-huh. And he was the one that was like, Hey, so are you just going to work behind the chair forever? And I'm like, I don't know. And maybe we should think about saving some things and yeah. being a little smarter about this. And even still, I was resistant because I was like, Oh, what do you know? You don't know anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so really it was just him that kind of brought some sense into the equation, but I can't imagine how many people, you know, don't have their, uh, Jewish, uh, husband (laughs) to help them with that. Right. So yeah. Um, I'm curious to go back to your, your Angie, um, when you started with her, where was she in her business? Like what sent her to you? Because, I didn't have that thought ever. Like I I met my husband. I don't know if I ever would have gotten to the point where I was like, I need financial help. And so where was she to where she's like, I need some help. And she sought you out. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, So that was maybe 2010. So over 13 years ago, she was a little bit more, or the salon, I should say, was a little bit more mature. I think she had maybe uh, a front desk and maybe three or four stylists at the time. Um, And... I, she was over 750, I think, probably in revenue, but it was all by the seat of her pants. Um, you know, she had the growth. She knew she was spending. She had a simple IRA for her stylist, but she didn't know anything about it. And frankly, she wasn't funding it, which was illegal, but that's a separate point because she just didn't know. And somebody's like, oh, you should have this. And then um, she didn't have a bookkeeper. Uh, she didn't have a CPA. Um, and so just kind of, which I think is very natural, you know, you're so busy, especially when you're, you're own your own business, mm-hmm. you are, you know, wheels up dealing with your day to day and to deal with this other stuff is just, and it, like you said, if you don't grow up with it, if you're not talking about it, it's hard to plan for mm-hmm. any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oddly enough, I was a client of hers through my wife and just do, I would yell at her while she's cutting my hair just, and finally we just started working together. But the, I think what kind of sold it, if you will, is simply trying to simplify her life by, you know, you've got the, all these moving parts. How do you get the confidence that you're moving in the right direction? How do you get the confidence that, um, you're not doing things wrong or you're not missing anything or someone to, almost act like a, I don't like this analogy, but a personal CFO kind of just to not deal with the numbers of the salon per se, but help you with your tax return, help you uh, decide where you're going forward, what you can make um, and just, you know, tie the salon and the personal finances together. Mm. Uh, And so that was really what kind of sold her on it. Mm. Okay. So when she came to you, did she have like a, a very clear system of um, like, this is how I know how much I'm spending. This is how I know how much I'm making. Or was that still kind of just like winging it? I think that was still winging it. Mm-hmm. It's so point. common. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, Interesting. you know, and there's not a lot of wiggle room. The The cost of goods sold and all of the, you know, the payroll and all that, it's expensive. So even how much she should pay stylists and the different ways to pay, I think that, you know, is, is difficult. And again, admittedly, that's not my area of expertise. Um, but I can, at least from 30,000 feet, actually what we do, what I do do a lot is we do spend a lot of time on the tax return of the business, but I'm looking at 
what's the profit? And let's just say it's 2% at the end. My goal is, okay, can we get this to 5%, 10%, 15%, 20% over, you know, a, a timeline? Because, and especially if you think you have any desire to possibly sell Mm-hmm. what it is you're creating, which I think is fantastic because you're putting all of this hard work and sweat equity into something. It can be worth a value potentially, but it's only worth, Krista, what somebody's willing to pay for it. Yes. And unless you have the systems and the workflows and the ratios to show that, it's frankly not worth much to anybody else. So yeah. as you can imagine, there's that. there's a lot there. There is. Uh, you know, I think what used to happen with salons too, when someone would sell a salon is they were hoping to buy the clientele that came right. with it. Like that was the, that was the property I'm doing air quotes here. Yep. It's like people aren't property, right? Yep. But you're, you know, if you're coming into buying a salon, you're just hoping that you're buying the good name of the salon and the people that want to get served there. Yes. Uh, there was never discussions of like this being a well-oiled machine, right? Yes. I think every salon that was sold was just kind of this like box of receipts. You know what yes. I mean? Like the equivalent yep. of like, here you go, but yep. you've got clients. So that's what you're buying. Yeah. Um, I do think people are smarter these days. I feel like there's more and more people talking about salons as more professional businesses too, Mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, But then in order to do that, like a a clientele is not your asset anymore, you know, and it's more like, yeah, how does this business function? What is it called when I've heard this term recently where like, okay, let's say I'm a stylist in the salon and I own the salon and then I can leave the salon and it still runs right? There's like a, a definition of like who you are as that key player. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like kind of like a silent partner almost. Yeah. And it's like, um, the, like the value of your business or like how, um, viable your business is, it should be able to run if you're there or not. Right. That's like you correct. can't be the one that's just like running the whole ship all the time. There needs to be systems in place and processes so that you can step away and it can yes. still function. Yes. I, I we always use is. the word SMO, self-managing operation. Okay. Um, and that's hence unchained from the chair because the thing we had to do with Angie was you know, not shockingly, she was the biggest revenue generator. Um, so again, it's not worth anything if she's not there. So yeah. we had to slowly pull her away and build up other revenue sources. Now, it, admittedly, it's not going to be as high and or it will take longer. Um, but we had to pull her away so that she could focus her energy on creating those systems and those operations. But guess what happens when you pull yourself away from the chair too, but then it frees you up um, to do other things. So now she's actually started to do some things with hair loss and traveling and education on that, which is a whole nother revenue source while the salon continues. Now, obviously it may dip for a while, but in time it will come back. So um, Mm -hmm. yeah, we got to get you again away from the chair, because like you said, Otherwise, you just have a job. You don't have anything really right. that's a business to sell. Right, right. So uh, let's say there's an independent stylist in a salon suite okay. that wants to come to you for help, or they're at a point where they're like, okay, I have inventory to manage, I have bills to pay, and I'm making all this money, and I don't know that I'm doing it right. Do yep. you have like a top list of things that you're going to ask that person or are, is that your ideal client or would you turn them away? How would you serve that person? Um, no, it's, it's not in, in terms of our ideal client. 
obviously it needs to be a fit and make sense that um, what they're paying us, they find a value, that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, no, the process is the same. You know, it's, you know, we start with the end in mind. You know, what does your future look like? Where are you today? And what do you have today? What's the value of the business that you're doing? Maybe do you have any assets, your real estate, whatever it might be? And it's easy math, Crystal. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? And then let's try to get you from here to there. Now, what where I kind of come in is then I look at, okay, from the tax standpoint, should you move from a sole proprietor to an S-corp? If that's the case, well, then we got to work with a CPA and I'll work with the CPA or um, estate planning. Nobody has... Nobody has even just a will. So, you know, just getting the basics set up. So it's not rocket science here. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's just beginning to save a, a little bit or working on the numbers, like I was saying before, is can we get you to a profit at least to save? Or if we have debt, let's come up with a way to come out of debt first and then work towards it. Um, so there's no real, as you can imagine, everybody has a different story. Um and everybody thinks differently about money. So what may make sense to me may not make sense to you. So it's kind of my job as a fiduciary just to give you options in your best interest um, and ultimately try to get you to create the so whatever it is you envision, whether that's retirement or a new job or going off and doing something else. You know, How can we get you there with the least amount of tax possible? Right. So, right. Frankly, that easy. Yeah. Uh, so I had a recent conversation with someone who is essentially a life coach yep. um, that now specifically deals with um, coaches in the salon industry, which is kind okay. of a very niche market, right? Yeah. Um, but he started as just a general life coach with people. And I guess I didn't understand until speaking to him truly what a life coach is trying to do. And so as a life coach, he's kind of helping. Yeah. It's like, tell me, where you want your story to go and who you want right. to be. And then we're going to work backwards from there and get you to like extrapolate what's important and where you're going to lean in and where you need work. And so you're almost like, you're like a, a money coach, right? Yeah. It's like the same exact process, but just like another layer of yep. your story. So like, yep. what's your, what do you want your money story to be? Where do you want to be in 10 years? And then you kind yep. of work back from there. It sounds like. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and I can show you, you want to try it? Sure. <laughs> you have to bear with me for three minutes. No okay. more than that. Okay. okay. So this is the this is how it goes. I say, Crystal, what's important about money to you? Oh, that's a good question. That's a that seems like a very deep question. Um, whatever comes to mind first, just right freedom. Off freedom. Okay. Freedom. Yeah. So freedom can obviously mean different things to different people. What's important yes. about freedom to you? Um, I guess to me, when I say freedom, I think, uh, freedom to do the activities that I would like to do without, uh, feeling concerned about it. Right. Um, okay. For example, I have a, a family of small children and they needed winter coats and mm -hmm. it's the, the equivalent of, do I need to go bargain hunting and try to find the coat that like best fits the bill? Or would I like the freedom to just go buy them the coat that I want to buy them? Right. Okay. What's important about not being concerned about what you're buying to you? Uh, I guess it allows more headspace to do things that feel good because it's kind of stressful to um, be concerned about money. Okay. What's more important about having that headspace 
so that you're not concerned about money. <laughs> oh, let's see. I guess that leads to a happier, more fulfilling life. Okay. What's important about having a fulfilling life to you? That's what it's all about. <laughs> so why, why live if you can't live a fulfilling life, right? Okay. So let's say you're there. Okay. Let's fast forward and you've, you've, you've got all that freedom. You've, you're no concerned about what you're buying. You've got that um, fulfillment and then what it's all about. Let's say you're there. Okay. What's a word or two that describes your feeling now that you're there? Mm. Tranquility. Okay. So that, Crystal, we're not playing anymore. So that's what I call kind of a values staircase. Okay. So, you know, and this it's the same for everybody. We all do it. And that's why it, it's annoying. I know I keep asking it again and again, but you started the first layer, you said freedom. Everybody says that. They say security or freedom. It's kind of surface level. Mm -hmm. But then eventually you noticed you got to your family. Mm -hmm. Everybody does that next. And then third is you get to, you know, what it's what we're about. It's what we're here. Or I'll often hear, you know, I didn't grow up with money or, you know, um, I saw my parents struggle or it kind of gets to the heart of what you want. Once we get to that, then it's easy because then we just build everything around that and we get rid of all the noise. So very yeah. similar to life coach. What I do is 95% behavior, 5% technical. Interesting. That's really <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. So uh, what do you think is going to be one of the, um, major like road bumps that you might run into doing this with hairstylists and salon owners in particular? Um, that's a great question. I think we all kind of hit these ceilings of complexity. So I guess I look at the stylist, let's say per se, and um, they get to a certain level where they're making a certain amount and maybe what you experience, although what do they want to do if they want to get to the next level? How do they remove themselves to get to grow 10x as opposed to 2x? Is that them creating their own salon or is that doing something different? Um, helping them work through those instances. Um, so I guess from the individual standpoint, I guess I'm trying to say is how do we get you beyond uh, a certain amount of income? Mm -hmm. And you know, usually it has to be some sort of saving to give you the um, the freedom uh, of time and to go do it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, of a larger salon, I get it's the exact same thing. It's okay, you've been doing this and now all of a sudden you want to stop. Well, what does that look like? Uh, and how do you get out? Mm -hmm. uh, usually we wait till it's, two, you have three options. You can you can shut it down, you can sell it, or you can just die. I mean, yeah. you're going to leave... Yeah. You're going to, it's inevitable. You're going to stop. So mm -hmm. how do we unwind you from it? Um, that makes you, you know, the most you can get out of it. And mm -hmm. maybe it's just walking away, which is fine. But how are we using it the most today to save, keep as much tax at bay and keep as much equity in the business, pay tax later um, right. without getting technical. It's just, how can we use that vehicle? Mm -hmm. So I feel like I didn't answer that that well, but it's kind of getting through different ceilings of complexity um, when it gets to money.
Yeah, and in your answer, I thought of uh, maybe an answer as well. Uh, so hairstylists in general are a very like emotional people. We like yeah. to serve people. We like to make people feel good. We yeah. become emotionally connected to our clients. And I think that's what makes yeah. us valuable to our clients, Absolutely. right? Um, it's the connections that we make and the relationships that we foster that keep people coming back again and again and again. Yeah. And so a lot of the times it's really hard for us to disconnect from that. Yeah. I can imagine if you came to some, or someone came to you and was like, Hey, I want to figure out how to make more money. And your answer was, you need to step back from behind the chair a little bit. They yes. might be like, Ooh, yeah. uh, I don't know yeah. about that. I don't know yeah. what Sally's going to say when I tell yeah. her I can't see her anymore. So that might be really a hard hurdle. Yeah. yeah. Same in my business. You're selling your time. So you only have so much time and it's very difficult. I get it. Yeah. Absolutely. But maybe being able to compare like that journey that you just took me on with that little thing to figure out like what your personal emotions and values and things are tied to, yep. and then be able to weigh that with like, what, kind of what's more important is it your connections to your uh, clients or your connection mm -hmm. to yourself and what you mm -hmm. want, and then just kind of determine which one's going to weigh heavier and right. lean on that a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I would think too, the other thing I was thinking of when you said the stylist, the biggest thing or impact we try to have kind of on that level is what I have found is they're not, they just want the confidence that, that they're moving forward, that they're saving towards something, or they're not afraid to spend when they want to spend. Um, so it's really, it's not this big technical math equation. It's really just giving them confidence that they're going in the right direction. And then, as you know, life tends to work out over time and these things all kind of fall into place, but mm -hmm. getting that confidence that you're, you can spend, your family's going to be okay. You're not doing anything foolish. Like you said, we kind of grow up, never taught about money. So it's not your fault. It's, you know, or our fault. It's mm -hmm. just, we were never taught that growing up. It's the system that's flawed. Mm -hmm. um, so it's okay to be afraid of that. So if we can get the confidence, what if we had the confidence that we're going to be okay? How much of a difference would that make for you? Right. It's a really interesting industry. I think because we're kind of this like middle ground between just kind of artsy, right. playful and fun. And then like serious business, you know, yep. uh, like other businesses that you fall into, there's already like a, a system in place where like, you know, you can start here and then you can go there and you can go right. there. And like, this is industry standard for this and this for that. And the hair industry is just like the wild west. Yeah. You know, it's low barrier to entry, uh, no industry. Well, I mean, there's, there's like, you don't have to pass a test really to get in, if you will. Um, but the beauty of that industry too, is you have unlimited supply. And, and I know times can get tough, but um, people are always going to need you. AI cannot replace you. Yes. Uh, so that's the beauty of this industry, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, I'm sorry. Can we, can we say that again? AI will <laughs> never replace us. If for anyone listening, that is a wonderful thing. Yes. That's yes. correct. That's correct. Um, I wonder too, like, I feel like the beauty industry is having a, a moment right now where it's really elevated in terms of um, being respected as like a real job and right. a real business. And I wonder if COVID definitely helped us see that in general, right? right? Salons were closed and everyone lost their mind. <laughs> Yep. There was like, um, oh, who was the politician in San Francisco that was like caught in a salon that she had like 
closed, right? But she still needed to get her hair done. Oh, so Feinstein she's like, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She was like in there story. illegally, you know what I mean? And yes. like everyone is all of a sudden mm-hmm. very aware of how valuable we are. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, we're going to charge our worth a little bit more. We're going to take this a little more seriously and we're going to be a real business. And so maybe what you were doing wouldn't have hit the same you know, 20 years ago, uh, when it was just like this kind of cutesy little thing and haircuts were $20, you know, and now people are making good money or have potential to make very good money in this industry. But it's like, you're trying to kind of find your way as an individual most of the time and figure out what that looks like. So I like that there's some implement implementation of this stuff happening. Yes. And it's interesting when I started in January, like I said, I've had 50 of these honest with you. You know, my biggest, one of my fears was, well, are they going to, obviously they're going to be interested in what I'm talking about. It's very creative. I am not very creative. Um, are they, is this going to resonate with anybody? Would they want to work with me? Um, and a lot of people said, no, it's not really not going to, you know, it's a tough business. There's not a lot of, um, they're not going to want to spend money on that. They're, but I, as I continue, I disagree. I think um, people are very interested in it and I just see some things happening um, momentum wise more and more that, yeah, the conversations about planning and money and understanding money thousand percent is very, um, earnest, I think more so in this industry than I would have imagined. Yeah. And I do think more hairstylists are thinking ahead now too. Like it Mm -hmm. seems to be kind of the, the conversation I'm hearing over and over again is like, where do you see yourself going with this? Where do you see yourself in the future? Instead of just like the now and the today, it's like actually planning for the future. And so leading with something like that exercise that you did with me to like figure out what is the root of what I want and what's important to me, then all of a sudden financial stuff seems valuable because I don't know what I'm doing with finances. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, clearly I had no idea what I was doing. I'm still a terrible business person. Like it is (laughs) not natural for me, you know? Oh, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, but having someone that can give you a system to follow yeah. is great. Now, here's the biggest issue, and here's why it's so important to me. Um, and again, it's nobody's fault. So is this, and I hate this word, but retirement, it's a terrible word. Um, yeah. It makes it sound like you're sitting on a couch or playing golf or something, which nobody <laughs> ever does. Uh, here's the issue. A, it's fairly new. So in our civilization, it's only... Um, the 401k, which we now think of as the predominant host of retirement for the baby boomer generation, didn't even start until beginning of 1980s. What? I did not know that. So, so relatively, it's she's pretty new. Okay. Uh, the Roth, you've heard of Roth, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. That didn't even come out until 1998. Wow. So the Roth is just eligible to start drinking alcohol. So. <laughs> That's how new these concepts are. But yet I always use the analogy. I have two golden retrievers. You know, they're digging in on the rug, you know, from their ancestors from two, 10,000 years ago. So we've got money concepts that are only 50 years old and we're supposed to understand it perfectly. Wow. Not going to happen. Um, but here's the issue. as If you follow like longevity and those sort of things, we're going to live longer. Mm-hmm. Um Social security, which I think is fine, um, that can be argumented, but is never meant to be maybe 40% of your income. Mm-hmm. And so let's say you say you retire at 65, you live till 95, and that's not 
uncommon. Mm-hmm. Um, your son's going to live to 105, no problem. Uh, how do you have enough money to last? Right. And so that's a huge, huge issue. I, it's my job to look in people's pocketbooks and I see like a, an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just easy math. If I want to give you $50,000 a year for the rest of your life, adjust it for inflation, et cetera, mm-hmm. I need about a million dollars. And I know you will never run out of money, Crystal. Gotcha. Now, you may not want to die with money or that sort of thing. And you'll sure. spend more when you're younger and less when you're older. It kind of works out. But just to give an idea, mm-hmm. so $50,000, that's not a lot of money. Right. $50,000. So if you want $100,000, guess how much I need? I need $2 million. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of a sudden we're 30, we're 35. And I'm using these numbers to scare on purpose. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we need to have some source of income, whether that's selling our business or saving passively through retirement, doesn't matter how you get there, but mm-hmm. what are you going to do? How are you going to get there? Um, so like health, it's never too late to start. So you got to get started. That's why I think it's so important. Yeah. Well, I think especially in an industry like this, where uh, people's bodies wear out first. And that's what sends them away from working, right? It's a physical job where you're standing and doing repetitive motions and everyone ends up injured at some point. Everyone I know that has retired has, they've done it because physically they can't do it anymore. That's interesting. Wow. You know, I wasn't even putting that into the equation, but yeah. Yeah. So it's almost more important in a job where you're more physical and you can't work as long too. Like they're, my father-in-law, for example, is a mechanical engineer and He's set to retire in like five years or so. He's 66 already. Mm -hmm. And like, he happily sits at a desk all day. His job Mm -hmm. isn't physical. He's like, I could probably work for another 15 years, but I don't want to. And I was like, man, I cannot imagine doing hair until I'm 70. You know, like that's physically a lot, you know? Which is why I don't like that word retirement. I mean, you could graduate to something different and we're all smart. And that's what's happening more and more is people aren't retiring. They're just kind of going into new industries or doing different things. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's, so, which is awesome because that's a way maybe we could fill that gap of what we don't have. Yeah. Uh, But all to say too, and I was thinking when you mentioned your father-in-law and I was me scaring people, it has nothing to do with how much you make either. Right. It all has to do with your savings rate. Yeah. So if, you make 50,000 and you're saving 20% as opposed to somebody who makes 100,000 is only paying saving 2%. It doesn't matter. It's your savings rate. So the 50,000 person is going to be better off. You've heard stories of like some janitor left $3 million to XYZ charity. Um, It all has to do on your savings rate. So that's the huge part. And as we know, we're used to Amazon orders, getting things instantly, not think credit card, um, yeah. yeah, it's we're taught incorrectly. You need to pay yourself first, meaning mm-hmm. save first, spend the difference where we would do it the opposite way. Yeah. So do you even go in and help people with like personal budgets for things in their home? Like I can see that being a hurdle for people not understanding that. Yes. So yes uh, and no. Uh, I hate budgets <laughs> just as much. Really? As oh, <laughs> I would budget, think you loved them. <laughs> no. And budget means restriction too. And just, I don't, mm. I don't even like it. So do you have a um, word to replace it? 
awareness. Oh, okay. So who doesn't want awareness? Yes. Like you, whether it's your salon or anything, you need to know your numbers. Mm -hmm. So you need to know where you're going. I don't care if your dining out is X percent and your uh, car is another percent. I could care less what it is, um, but you need to know where it's going. Now, if you tell me you want to get to you know, from point A to B, I may tell you, well, you need to tweak your percentages, but I'm not going to tell you which need to go. Um, all of which to say, we use technology. So mm-hmm. even your bank or your credit card probably is doing it for you. So we'll just even take that or we give our clients, um, we create a website for them and they connect their bank accounts, their mortgages, their for everything. So it's all in one place. And part of that tool is it will just it will itemize where everything's going. And we just refer to that, to be mm. honest. So I don't, you know, I know what's kind of what needs to be what, and I know a car should never be more than 5% or your debt to equity ratio. But if I start talking about that to you, your eyes are going to glaze over. Um, so it goes back to your values like we had. And I would say, Crystal, you know, doing this, would it give you that peace of mind that you were talking about earlier? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would you rather have this or would you rather be able to buy your son things and not worry about it? You know, it all goes back to the the value conversation. So um, yes, we do, but we really tie it back to you deciding what's important to you. Funny, uh, listening to you talk, you sound like these high-end personal trainers. <laughs> okay. Right? Like you yeah. were saying like, you know, it's not, you don't say budget, you say awareness. I'm like, oh, it's funny. They don't use the word diet. Uh-huh. Like they're like, we, we would never put you on a diet, just like you would right. never put someone on a budget. It's about right. your like, we just need to know what your macros are. We need to know your awareness, yeah, right. right? If That's you're going to eat a candy bar, what are you not going to eat the rest of the day so that you're yeah. like adjusting as you go and your awareness is high, right? Yeah, I love it. I've never That's... been called that. I like that. <laughs> I like I'm it. It's, it's very psychiatrist similar. psychiatrist many times, but never... Uh... Never a trainer. So that's uh-huh. good. But it's a really similar mind frame. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, like you said, like getting to the, um, the like emotions and the, the thinking behind things instead of just like the numbers. And that's exactly the, we did a talk about the psychology of money and, you know, people think that money is about needs to, is like science or math that needs to be an equation, but it's not, it's more about psychiatry. It's more about behaviors and how you think about things. Uh, And so when people say, I'm not smart, I didn't go to college, I'm not smart enough to handle money. It has nothing to do with how smart you are. It's more just about how you behave and react to things. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's why it makes sense when I have found to work with clients to speak in that language. Absolutely. Um, It makes it more sexy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It turns it into like, oh, wait, no, I can think about that. I can, I can talk about that. Right. Well, yeah, because if it's not compelling, you're not going to take action. And then what good have I done you? I've I've not helped you at all. Mm -hmm. And that's what's bad about our industry. And that's why I think um, my industry, meaning that's why I think people think of financial advisors or something. It's, it's terrible. And they have a right to say that. But I would say to anybody who's thinking about a financial advisor, you know, it's not, if you're thinking stock broker or they lead with investments, have you told, heard me talk about investments nope. at all? Not one um, bit. Run away. It has, you don't, you don't need that. There are computers that handle that now mm-hmm. um, that cost nothing. 
So they really, if you're going to pay someone, what value are they adding to your life? Um, and then, you know, you only know what the value is. You're the only one who can tell it. And if that makes sense for you, then I think it's a good idea. Otherwise, um, not don't do it. Yeah. Well, I can imagine if you get someone used to, um, not to come back to like a personal trainer analogy again, but you get them used to flexing that money muscle, right? Mm -hmm. That money mind muscle and understanding how their decisions affect their personal life and their business and all that stuff too. That might help with this um, topic that's swirling around right now where everyone talks about emotional discounting with their clients. Okay, Have yes. you heard people talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like rampant in the industry because you know we feel bad and we don't want to charge yeah. our client because they're having a hard day or whatever. Yeah. But I have to imagine that if you're comfortable and confident thinking about money and how it's going to affect you and your business, it's going to make you more confident to charge yeah. what you believe you're worth and yeah. not just give away your services or give away money right. uh, just because you feel a certain way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The mindset of that is you will never be worth more than what you think you are worth in your mind. So mm -hmm. um, you have to definitely sit, stay by that rate and charge it and never, never go down. Just keep going up. Mm -hmm. but I was thinking too, when you're saying that, and that even goes back to the whole Dave Ramsey, but why do you think, uh, if you've heard Dave Ramsey, you know, paying off credit okay. card snowball, why does he think he says, take the smallest first, because then you pay it off first yes. easily. And then it gives you confidence you get endorphins yes. and then you go to the next one. It just gives you confidence. Um, and then even on my world or even on kind of on the investing side, it's compounding interest. So if you've ever seen, you can Google this. If you if I offered you a penny or if I offered you a million dollars today mm -hmm. or a penny that would compound over 30 days, which would you choose? You had to choose right now. Oh, uh, well, I feel like I should choose the penny just because of the question. Yeah, <laughs> but... so the penny will be worth $10.3 million in what? 30 days if it compounded. Now remember, Whoa. one to two, two yeah. to four. Four yeah. to eight, eight to 16. It's the eighth wonder of the world. It's amazing. Wow. Um, so just to give, again, that sort of confidence, even if you're saving 10 bucks, just yeah. all of a sudden your money starts to make money on its own. Right. Um, and time is the greatest asset anybody has. So every day that goes by, we're missing that. Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing as flexing that muscle is compounding interest is huge. Yeah. Huge. Do you help stylists uh, or salon owners? Do you coach them to how they should charge their clients? Like in terms, like if they want to charge a certain amount, do you tell them that like, remember there's a certain percentage you have to save out of that? Or is that a conversation? Yeah, I'll have? back into the number. Uh -huh. um, so again, I don't know what's what, what's what the value of this is versus that. Yeah. Um, I will always say you don't charge enough and, but I'm more apt to back into the number. You know, if, if we're short here, well, there's only one or two things we can do, Crystal, we can take away expenses and you're like, I don't see that happening or, or you can charge more and just try to give you the confidence that you can do it. Um, gotcha. And just the same sort of thing, start small, start with new clients only, and then go, you know, that right. sort of thing. And it just builds that momentum. Mm -hmm. So I try to avoid those confrontational things. I just try to back into the numbers and make you answer the question. Yes. Like any good uh, psychotherapist or life right. coach would do, right? It's like, no, yep. I didn't actually say that. You did. <laughs> yep. I 
I always say, consider, consider this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's I love fun. that. Um, so before we got started here, you mentioned that you had, um, were they like little freebies that people can access? What were those that we talked about? Remind me again. So the one thing I think, um, if you're thinking about working with an advisor, but you have no idea what to ask or no yes. idea what to look for, I wrote a couple of years ago, um, the 10 things to avoid, 10 mistakes to avoid when you're talking with a financial advisor. So yes, I'm happy to send that to you. Um, yeah. Feel free to post it. Do you remember those off the top of your head real quick? Can you give us a rundown? Uh, you're going to do that to me. Um, <laughs> little things like if they lead with investments, run away. Mm -hmm. um, if it's your brother's cousin, don't do it. Uh, if it's a name brand, don't do it. Um, mm. But then more things like uh, you know, understand how they get paid. Uh, so again, my in industry was for the eighties and nineties was the, the advisors got paid what they sold. It's not that way anymore. It's advice. So they're selling advice. So it should be a flat fee. So mm. you should walk out knowing I'm going to pay X amount of dollars or X amount percent of my investment or whatever it might be, but you should know what that fee is and how it's going to get paid. Um, so that's kind of the biggest thing as you know why would you not know what you're going to pay somebody i wouldn't um, even think that would be a problem like that seems like a very weird sneaky thing right but mm -hmm. have you ever worked with an advisor before let me ask you no i haven't actually okay mm -hmm. um so all right how about this do you know how much your uh property and insurance person gets paid I have no clue. My husband handles all of that. <laughs> oh, no, right. So, but again, it's the same thing. We have no idea. So it doesn't matter. Insurance is easy to pick on. You yeah. Know, I have, I cannot tell you, I mean, I can back into what the state farm insurance agent is making on my auto insurance okay. and my home, but they don't, it's not in your bill. They don't. That's true. Right. That. That's true. Um, it should be more like a CPA. If you're getting your taxes done, you know what that's going to cost. If you work with an attorney, you know what that's going to cost. Mm -hmm. It should be much more transparent. Because it's uh, a service that you're paying for. Right. Yep. Makes so sense no when you say it that way. Business. Right. So that's a huge change. And I would say that's the number one thing you should know. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so let's say someone wants to find help. Okay. Where is there like, um, I mean, like if I were just looking for help, I'd probably go to like Google business and just try yeah. to find someone local. Do you think that's the best route or is there, um, what, like indicators of that someone would be better than others? Um, so that's a great question. Oddly enough, the number one Google search for advisors is an advisor near me. Oh, uh, so, okay. so, uh, that is the way most people find it. Um, what they should know again, no, it's really just a relationship. It's do I feel comfortable with this person? Um, I would say and understand their process. And again, you'll see that when I send the the 10 mistakes to avoid. Mm -hmm. Um and you know, selfishly, I would say look for someone who knows what you do or work with someone who uh under who can tie your business if you are in business for yourself or you're in the industry you're thinking about it and your personal tie the two together mm -hmm. um, don't just go for somebody for investments is it common in your industry to see people virtually it, like is that some do you have clients that you see virtually or are they all in so person i do my meetings are may and october so we do all of our planning meetings in may and october so i have like six appointments today I will tell you that 95% of them are virtual. Oh, interesting. 
Yeah. And the only ones that, the only ones that come in are not the, yeah, it's the old lady down the street who wants to come, wants to come in or a couple that just really enjoys it. Um, Okay. So yeah, I have office space. I frankly don't need, but I just like it to get out of the house, but I am one, I'm almost hundred percent virtual now. Okay. So then it's really not even about trying to find someone necessarily where you live. You're just trying to find someone that you jive with. Not today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not today. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. how often do you meet with people? Like, so you just said you meet twice a year. Like, let's say you're bringing someone in as a new uh, customer and you're doing like onboarding stuff with them. How much time can, like, if I was going to work with you, how much time would I expect to be spending with you? Yeah. So we have two models. One is we meet with clients. So when I say meet with clients um, twice a year, that means we're doing big planning. So we always meet just in May, which is right after tax season. So we'll review your tax return. We'll see what happened. We'll review your investments, all that sort of stuff, and look forward to the year coming ahead. Um, so I call it the four seasons. So it's spring meeting, and then we look what's ahead. What are we going to do this year? How are we going to accomplish it? Then in the summer, there's a lot that goes into that. And then we meet in October again, and then we kind of take, okay, how much money have you made? How much have you saved? What do we need to do before December 31st in order to optimize anything that we can or can't? For taxes. For taxes. Right. Or, yeah. You know, if you're working with an employer, your retirement plan, that stops 1231. Mm. Um, it doesn't, and this is you and your spouse too. So we always, if you're married, we will only work with you with your spouse. Gotcha. Um, so it's the two of you and they may have nothing that we're managing, but it behooves us to work with both of them because, you know, otherwise it's all going in different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so May and, sep- and October, those big meetings. Now, if a client doesn't need that, um, we meet with them just February. So you either meet in May and October or with a client once a year, and that's just in the month of February. So they don't need that amount of work. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's when we plan it, but we're available 12 months to a year to the client. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, and we're always working on something like might be crystal from May to October, you were going to work with an attorney to get a will done. It's my job to hold your hand to get, make sure you get that done by October. And so we're always working on things like that. Gotcha. Um, the onboarding, which is a great question. That is usually, um, probably three to five meetings. Um, first meeting is send me all of your stuff. I need to quantitative and qualitative, understand everything is about you. Then kind of this next one's kind of get everything up, show you your organize everything for you in that one place and that website, show you how to use it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then by the third meeting is kind of that kickoff um, of, okay, we've decided what we want to accomplish in the next six months or something. So it could be three meetings to get started. And then those two meetings, if you will. So five meetings that first year. Okay then it's kind of two meetings every year after. Cool. That doesn't sound crazy. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I, and we're always working on something and we always celebrating progress is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always look at the gap and the gain, meaning we celebrate from where you came from, not where you're going. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. It's a huge, we always think, all right, this is, or if you think about the horizon, you're going to get to the horizon. Can you ever get to the horizon? Right. It no. keeps moving. No. Yeah. So that's going to happen. So we, and if we don't celebrate what you've accomplished, that actually would give you that muscle that you can make bigger and bigger and bigger jumps. So that's a huge thing we do in those yeah. meetings. Gotcha. 
So here's a question for you. Um, and I don't know if you're the right person for this or not, but maybe yep. you know who would be if it's not you. Uh, yep. Because I imagine there's a lot of listeners that are going to be thinking, well, this sounds great, but I'm not there yet. Like yep. I... I either don't have the means to pay for this yet, or I'm so disorganized that my business isn't even there yet. Because in our industry, we graduate beauty school and then we're just, you know, tossed out into the great wide open to figure things out. Yes. Now, I personally, you know, I floundered for quite a while trying to understand how to run a business when I was on my own. Like I didn't even know what write-offs were my first year <laughs> yep. and did taxes. And it was like, I paid way too much money because I had no receipts for anything. Right. Yeah. Um, this is, is that something that you would support people with, or is there someone else that they would look to if they were like a new baby stylist trying to start their business to be on the path to needing someone like you later, mm -hmm. where would you recommend they start? Um, so there's lots of ways. Let's just say at its base level, read. Um, two books. One is The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. And it just talks about money in the simplest form. And it's not technical. It's really well done. It just It's a wonderful mindset to have about money. Um, then from there... I could list kind of thousands of books, um, you know, even just kind of the Dave Ramsey. I would just even say financial planning for dummies. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Just get to understand what is a deduction, what is a credit, uh, those sort of things. I think that I sent you a book that we wrote um, of 30 advisors. We each wrote a story about the impact we've had from different, all different walks of life of impacting clients. Um, so books are huge, a, a big proponent of reading. Mm -hmm. um, then I would say, A, there are advisors, um, NAPFA, N-A-P-F-A, National Association of Professional Financial Advisors. So those have to be fee-based advisors. Mm -hmm. um, th and that will be a lot by location. You can find someone. And as you can imagine, it runs the gamut. So you've got less expensive ones or you have more expensive ones and you could feed through that way. Mm -hmm. um, and then even specific to us, um, you know, we create, I think I told you we we're creating a course, financial planning course, um, that's have everything from what is saving, what is, how to read how, what does my credit statement mean mm. to how do I save for a wedding? Um, yeah, it's going to be a very inexpensive online course that we're going to have to have out this year. Um, so, and then we'd have different model, gradual models too. Uh, mm -hmm. So it depends on what the client needs. And again, when you say, I don't want to pay for it, we're not talking a lot of money. It shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Even in its base level, let's say $3,000. Mm -hmm. um, for a year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's 1% of somebody who makes $30,000. So are you, is it not worth that much to you to feel right. like you're making progress? Right. So um, I would counsel, again, you don't need... And if somebody says no to you because you don't have the investments, well, then that's not a fit anyways. You don't want that because they're trying to get you to make money off of your investments. You want to charge for the advice. Mm -hmm. um, so you can get them for I plans, $1,250. We start at $3,000. So, I mean, it's not a lot of money. Mm -hmm. My argument would be. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It's not a lot of money. I'm just thinking of you know, people that are coming into the industry completely overwhelmed and, you know, don't know 
which way is up because they've spent all of their energy, time and money into product research. And they're doing all the like sexy stuff, but they don't even understand how to, you know, write things off or um, how to organize their their business so that when it's tax time, they're not like freaking out, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So I wonder, like, obviously, like that's, I don't want to say it's like below you. It's not below you, but it's like, it's so um, baby steps first to even mm-hmm. get to the point where you need someone to do financial planning. It's almost like business planning, I guess, yeah. maybe is what it needs yeah. to be. And then there know. are you know people in the industry like Nina Tulio or um, Kelly Cahan, Scissors Makes Sense, that they all do that type of coaching too. So you know, within oh. the industry, I can make lots of referrals as yeah. well. Yeah, I didn't know that thing. Nina did that. That's interesting. I know she does like yeah. some... Um, upper level education stuff. Um, yeah. But okay, I'll, I'll link that in the show notes too. I think that would be helpful well, for it, people. Yeah. Let me not speak for Nina. Maybe, maybe it is. Yeah. But I know yeah. she talks numbers, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll send you a couple definitely that I know handle it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. And awesome. if anybody you know re- wants to reach out to me and um, just, I'm happy to have a conversation and you know, I'm the first to say we're not a fit or mm-hmm. you don't need me or that sort of thing, but we'll always find somebody who can help you. Yeah. Oh, and that was the other thing that you mentioned um, before we got started here was you had an offer to look at people's tax returns with them sure. to yes. see maybe what could be helped or changed or anything like that. Yeah. So this has been the most impactful thing for our practice. The last three years is essentially we bought an accounting software and with a PDF copy of your personal tax return, um, I can turn around a tax return analysis. It's not that sexy, but um, it you know, do you understand how to even read your tax return? A, uh, nobody does. <laughs> nope. So it, it helps. So I help you read your tax return in a really simple way, but it points out like um, you're close to this tax bracket. I noticed you have an HSA. If you had put $1,000 more in the HSA, you would have avoided this tax bracket or you're missing this child credit or um, this deduction looks out of whack. We found more mistakes on tax returns um, than you can imagine all by having this. So it's been a wonderful uh, tool for us. So again, it's nothing I do. It's in terms of, I don't have to do the math. It, the mm-hmm. software does it for me. All I need is a copy of your personal tax return. And we send a secure link so that people can send it to you. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for me to have a conversation with you afterwards and just go over the report with you. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to uh, offer that to your listeners as well. Wonderful. I think that's a really good step towards maybe trusting someone like you. It's like immediately yeah. showing value that you can add right. to them and their business and their life. So that's really that's cool. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, I will put the link to both of that and then the um the 10 financial planning Ten mistakes to avoid. There we yes. go. Yes. <laughs> I'll put that in the show notes as well. And I think I had all my questions answered here unless there was anything else you wanted to add to this, Brad. I feel pretty good. No, that's great. I thank you, Crystal, as always for um, your smiley face and your attitude that you're doing. And I, I love following you and appreciate being a guest on your podcast today. Awesome. Well, I think you're doing great things. And uh, oh, tell us when your course is due to launch. Do you have a launch date yet set for that? I do not. Allow okay. me to get back to you. I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. We'll just put that out there for future feelers then. Yep. Cool. Yep. Wonderful. Uh, well- yeah. So add on chain from the chair is the uh, podcast and Twitter or not Twitter, forgive me, Instagram. Um, and then Brett K fellows, that's with two T's 
com is the website mm-hmm. and you can see my schedule there and get on our email list and anything like that. Tell me really quick, because we didn't talk about this at all, your podcast. Um, do you bring other experts in? Do you just talk topics or like you're, you're speaking to people behind the chair, right? Cause it's unchained yes. from the chair. Uh, what does your podcast look like? Yeah. So, so far it has all just been me, which is really boring. Um, <laughs> but I, that was just because I said I started it in January. I wasn't sure where this would go. Um, and then you know, I've just, uh, you know, through meeting you and others. So we are switching. So we post it weekly, but after I'm done with my May meetings, um, we're going to kick off into a bi-weekly. So one week might be with you. The next week's going to be me talking about a topic maybe in depth that you and I spoke of, but um, in in greater detail. Then, mm-hmm. So it's going to be every other week where we're going to bring people like yourself, salon owners. I really want to get salon owners too. Just to, I love hearing your story and more than mm-hmm. anything else. I love like, you know, why did you decide to do it? How scary was it? What was mm-hmm. the biggest mistake you made? Uh, those types of uh, podcasts is really what um, I'm looking to do starting the summer and then have educational ones with in between them. That's wonderful. I think that's really impactful for people and, um, you know, might help kind of massage into their brain that the, the yeah. financial stuff is good, right? Like yeah. Sell it with a story. We like yeah. that. We like stories. Yeah. So, fantastic. And, uh, another great, you make me think of all these, sorry. That's um, okay. I think you are, do you get my Friday Blitz uh-huh. emails? Yes. So that's another thing, um, you know, a way to educate very easily. And those aren't difficult. I don't know if you've read them. If you haven't, that's okay. I have, um, yes. But those aren't very I write those a lot so that they're not overwhelming. It's just kind of mindset. Um, so that's another, you can get on that on our website. Um, so those are pretty good too, I think. Great. Yes, I think so too. I think it's it's digestible and small enough um, yeah. that it's not like a, a huge heady involvement. Yeah. It's just like a yeah. quick read and I like it. Yeah. yeah. Good. good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brett. This has been you, a pleasure and I look forward to staying in touch and I'm probably going to start listening to your podcast myself. I want to hear <laughs> salon owners uh, <laughs> conversations too. So that's great. Thank um, you. Great. Okay. Well, uh, thank you so much and I will be in touch. Have a great day. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. See, finances can be sexy. Just kidding. They're still not sexy, but now you understand a little bit of the maybe importance and value behind getting yourself squared away for your future self, where your future self might look back and be like, "Mm, dang, those are some sexy finances you set up for me. So, okay, let's do a little recap here. Um, Brett's awesome. Make sure to go get his free resources that he spoke about here. It was the 10 mistakes to avoid and then the tax return thingy where he can take a look at your tax return for you through that program and see what you're missing out on. I think this is a very, very valuable little resource to have here because I don't know about you, but I do TurboTax and um, I have for years and I'm sure there's things that I'm missing out on because it's just this program that I'm plugging things into. So to have a professional look at that for you, mm, that's some value right there. Okay. So I'll make sure to have those linked in the show notes so that you can just click on them. Keep it easy. Go follow Brett at unchained from the chair, check out his podcast, which will, there will be a link as well. And, um, spoiler alert, I'm going to be a guest on his podcast in the future, which is kind of exciting. So make sure you go follow that so you can hear me on there as well. And 
as always, my friend, thank you so much for listening. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you cheering me on. And so I am happy to be here as your hair mentor and share little tips and tricks and stories with you to help keep you inspired even if it's about something not sexy like finances. So make sure if you like this episode, go share it with a friend, please. I would appreciate it. And of course, if you liked this episode, even though it's about finances, maybe because it's about finances, leave me a review. I want to hear about it. I want to hear if it resonated with you, your thoughts on it. I even want to hear if you didn't like it. So be honest, uh, be vulnerable with me. That's what this is all about. So Take care, my friend. Have a wonderful hair day, and I'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Hey, friend. Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Boot Camp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind-the-chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.